is one that I do have control, that this is my business and I'm, I'm making the decisions. So if we do have a, a slip back or something or, you know, that's on me is how I look at it. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 173 of the Camino Voice. Today, I speak with the new owner of the Picnic Pantry. Please welcome Tammy Shorno. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview local business owners, comedians, singers, and more. I dive into their backstory to find out how they got where they are, what are some of the tips for you to do the same, and find out where they are going. Tune in every week as I interview more of the people you see every day. Hey, learners, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. And today is my birthday. Okay, that was my happy zone. Um, anyways, yeah, I am 34 today for those keeping track uh, at home. And uh, yeah. Great day to be here. Excited to be on the podcast again today. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you guys for continuing to listen to these episodes. Um, be sure to share this episode uh, or previous episodes on uh, with your friends, family, anybody, anybody you know on Kamano, share it with them, please. Um, <laughs> so we can keep building this uh, into the greatest little podcast focused on Kamano in the Northwest. So that is my goal and hopes and dreams for this podcast. So um Ooh, total side note, though. Um, I want to shout out a previous guest. His name is Andrew Miller. Uh, he and his group own Tulip Town, which, of course, we're rolling into uh, Tulip Festival season, so it's just a crazy time um, for them. But uh, it, he used to have a podcast called uh, Skagit Connect, um, or Connect Skagit. Anyways, he's restarted it up. It's now called Tulip Valley Talks, I believe. And um, anyways, he had some great episodes released over the last few weeks. Uh, I checked them out, and uh, one of them was focused on the um, how tulips got started in Washington State. So fascinating uh, story, and uh, loved hearing about that. And so anyways, just wanted to shout him out as a previous guest. And I will actually link that in the podcast notes uh, for people who want to go check out his podcast. So anyways, just wanted to do that quick shout out and on to this podcast. So um, some of you may be confused uh, for multiple reasons on this because uh, some people might be thinking, wait, you already interviewed the owner of the Picnic Pantry. Um, and, uh, and, and a lot of people get Tammy confused with Tracy, um, which is actually kind of funny too, because they're both uh, both of their names are spelled end with I, uh, which can typically end with a Y. Uh, and they, they look kind of similar. Like if you're not, if you don't think about it, you just look really fast. So um, lots of uh, uh, connections and similarities here. But she is the new owner as of February 1st of the Picnic Pantry in Stanwood, Washington. So um, uh, anyways, had a great chat with her. Uh, got to hear her story. Um, I loved listening to her and just the different pieces she picked out. Um, she talks about going to, uh, you know, want, wishing she had finished college and things like that, um, especially like business school and things like that. Uh, but when you listen to her story, you're going to find out she did go to business school. She just took the long way around. So 
Um, had a great chat with her. Had some great insights that um, she had into business, uh, into financing, into uh, different aspects of your business. So for those small business owners out there, this is going to be a great episode for you. Um, and uh, yeah, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Tammy Shorno. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Command of Voice. Today, I'm here with the new owner of the Picnic Pantry. Welcome to the podcast, Tammy Shorno. Thank you very much, Brandon. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Excellent. Thanks awesome. for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Tammy. All right. Well, let's see. I grew up in Stanwood and um, lived here through, eighth, or through seventh grade, moved okay. to Mount Vernon in eighth grade. And then um, have continued to have a relationship back to the community in some facet, whether it's from family, from growing up around this area. Um, my father used to work at Twin City Foods, so there's still connections back to okay. the area in that way. And then um, I've been managing veterinary practices for the last 22 years, um, one including the Northwest Vet of Stanwood. So, okay. Yeah, so that's a little bit about kind of the big, big picture. Very uh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. So what was it like uh, What was it like growing up in Stanwood uh, back then? It was fun. It was safe, secure. I still think it feels that way very much. I think it's just a really, it was a great, uh, just a great foundation uh, of community and just really enjoy it. I have a fond memory of of, you know, as little girls, my neighbors and I, we would walk down the hill because we lived right up above on 271st Street. We, we would walk down, leave our little penny on the railroad track, <laughs> pray that a train would come by <laughs> with our little pop bottles in hand to turn those in for penny candy money. And so that was our Saturday routine. And then we'd go back, hunt for, you know, the penny. But it, those, it was fun because it was just very wholesome, I yeah. think, is what was really special about growing up here. So yeah, what was the uh, what was the downtown like for you then? Uh, it well, it was like going to town. It was a big town back in the day when you're little, of course. Uh, <laughs> but just again, lots of the same faces. It was just family. You went to the same little shops, and so forth. So for me, becoming the owner of the picnic pantry is kind of a full circle moment because yeah. these are the places where I used to go as a as a child, and uh, it used to be the bakery back in the day, yes. the actual building. So, um, yeah, so I've stood inside that building before. Yeah. So again, definitely just that, like I said, full circle moment. <clears throat> yes, and that was the, was it a Swedish? Swedish, Scandi- yeah, like Scandinavian bakery. One I can't of those, remember what I the name. I just remember they had a giant bear, right? Yeah, was, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, but when we first moved up here, that was somewhere we would stop. I, usually Saturday morning or something, sure. but we would go down there and get a donut. And, yep. Uh, always, to me, always had like the best donuts growing up. And, exactly. Yeah, uh, and Lefsa at the Christmas time. Yes. Always have Lefsa. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's also really cool that you're... Yeah, just being able to kind of make that full circle and, and return back. Um, it, it's been, uh, you know, I was not looking at buying a business. I always wanted to own my own business. I wasn't honestly looking, but uh, when Tracy, the former owner, had posted, you know, on Facebook that she was looking to sell, there was something that day. I was at home watching football. <laughs> working on my laptop and I flipped over to Facebook and I saw that and I just, there's something that made me just message her. So I did. And she surprisingly like emailed me back immediately, which surprised me because I wasn't 
serious. <laughs> uh, and then, um, <laughs> and then she then asked if I could meet her at five o'clock the next day. So it, within 24 hours, I was standing in the picnic pantry meeting her for the first time. And I don't know, it's just, it, it was meant to be. I just feel very good about it. I feel really good about our connection. Uh, yeah, just, wow. I, I'm still in awe that everything transpired so quickly. Um, and I just love it. So yeah, yeah another, yeah, just, I, I couldn't be more blessed just to have, uh, someone like Tracy, you know, with her past history, not only growing the business and the customer base, but, um, I feel like I have a friend as well in my back pocket and she's just always there to support. So yeah, yeah it's, it was just kind of a crazy way though that it happened all so quickly. Yeah. So surprising. Well, that, yeah. that's great. And uh, w one of my questions, are, you know, later down, we're like, how did you meet Tracy? But like, that's how I met her. <laughs> yeah. And then, like I said, 24 hours later, standing in the shop and it just felt like we really clicked. And I just remember going, you know, driving away, going, I think I want to do this. And, and it just kept resonating and growing and growing. And even though I've been working you know, managing veterinary practices, I feel like this is something for the end of my career, something yeah. that will be fun and just very enjoyable. So yeah, I'm very, very, very thankful. Yeah. Well, and, and I've been able to have Tracy on the podcast before and man, she has done <laughs> so many different businesses and <laughs> different things that she's done in her life. And yes, like one thing that just impressed me so much with her is like, she's never afraid to just, she's like, okay, cool. I've done this. I've, uh, you know, accomplished what I wanted to do here. I'm ready. Time I'm to move on. <laughs> I'm going to step to the next thing. And it's something I've never done before. I'm right, like, right. how do you have that little fear <laughs> to just stop what you're at and jump to the next thing? She has a confidence about her. Um, <clears throat> that's very refreshing and rewarding. And again, I think, you know, for whatever reason brought me, to the to the picnic pantry that day or even just messaging her um i don't i don't know my father passed away last may mm. and i for some reason i feel like the stars are aligning and there's this connection so anyway yeah she's she's wonderful and she has done a variety of things yeah well and and the which is the great. tenacity at which she takes things on yeah um, was was yeah. very impressive. Well, I think the other thing that I've learned not only from her, but from the customer base is like during COVID, I mean, she had to get creative and come up with new ideas to sustain the business during that period of time. And again, yeah. her loyal following of the customers, I feel like are, are going to be my customers as well. So yeah. Um, it's, yeah, they're really, really great to <laughs> get to meet. And they, it's kind of cute because several of them think we look a lot alike. So I thought that. <laughs> yeah, so people will come in and they're coming off the street and they look across over the counter and they think she's still there. And I'm like, nope, it's, it's me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been kind of fun. Yeah. They're like, you guys even look alike. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's great. Yeah. And I'm really glad that she was able to find someone that, that really bought yeah. into everything yeah. of what she's built yep. there. That's, and that's my foundation of what I want to do with the business is to maintain what she's been doing. Yeah. Um, but then incorporate some new fun things and some new ideas that, you know, that'll be coming down the pipeline and, you know, to continue to sustain, like I said, though, what she, what she has. Because I, I want to take care of those that have really supported her. And I, for me, it's really important as, you know, to take care of the community in that fashion as well. Yeah, Absolutely. 
So, um, so you grew up in Stanwood. So going back a little ways, yeah. you grew up in Stanwood, and then you moved to Mount Vernon for some time. Yeah. Um, when you were in high school and stuff like that, what were kind of the things you were looking at as a career path? Well, I always wanted to be a school teacher. Okay. So that's what the path was going to be. And then a variety of things kind of just transpired during high school. I had some really good job opportunities. I, my first true job was working at a chiropractic clinic where I really got my customer service um, skills, I, kind, I think, kind of honed in or started and did that for several years until I then transitioned to working in an accounting firm, which I did for 17 years. Okay. So um, I, I didn't get the opportunity to go to college. I have taken several classes up at Skagit, which is, have been great, but yeah. I, because of other, some life, other life things that have happened, I never got to do that. I wish I would have, but I was able to continue to sustain my career at each position that I had with opportunities to advance. And so I've been able to kind of hands-on approach, learn as I go. And I really was interested in business classes in high school. Yeah. And that did continue over to Skagit. Um, so, you know, that was, again, there's that interest of developing and growing a business. And again, so I feel like some of the stuff, the groundwork that I did much younger is now, again, coming to fruition, yeah. you know, at this age. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and something I'm curious on, um, just because I, I have heard this from uh, different people as I've, I've interviewed or even just talking to people, um, what was it that, that would make you wish you had finished college or, or gone to college? When you work with a lot of professionals, as I have over the many years, I think there's just an, a life experience that they, they had that I did not. Mm. So mine of course, was just different, right? But I think, you know, we're always kind of curious what maybe we missed out on. Yeah. So I think just, I, you know, lots of friendships, I think, and just those lifelong um, acquaintances that impact you as an individual and, and moving forward into your future. So I, I think that's probably number one. And then the other thing would be is where would I be today? So mm. there's always that question in my mind. I'm, I'm highly satisfied. I'm not saying I'm not, but it just <laughs> makes you wonder... Like, again, what would, did you take a left or did you take a right? Right. You know, so yeah. um, that's, that's really the main reason, I think, would be just to have that life experience. Yeah. No, that's really yeah. cool. Um, awesome. So then, uh, so you ended up going into working with an accounting office for um, a while. What were the things, uh, what was kind of your position as you worked in there? And then what were kind of the things you enjoyed and took on? When I first, when I left the chiropractic clinic and I transitioned over to the accounting firm. I was hired as what we called a grunt. Okay. <laughs> and so that was the errand girl. Went and got everybody's, you know, donuts every morning. Went grocery shopping during tax season to keep everybody fed, filed, photocopied. It was not glamorous by any means. <laughs> Plugged parking meters. That was one of the worst things. You'd get the <laughs> roll of dimes up on the revetment in Mount Vernon and I'd have to go find everybody's car and, and plug the meters every oh. every two hours. Uh, so uh, that, um, that was my first position. And then I moved into a receptionist and then into a paraprofessional. So okay. they actually did put me through some accounting courses. And I did that for a long time. And I, you know, I enjoy... I always looked at accounting as like a game. I love games. I love I'm competitive. So I love, 
you know, trying to solve something. So naturally, that was just something that I really enjoyed. And then putting putting that all together, and whether that was into a financial statement or a tax return. So kind of got to move up through the ranks and um, just really grew up there, I think. And that's where I felt, you know, a, a huge sense of professionalism yeah. working with uh, the CPAs and my peers. And I have lifelong friendships from, you know, from that those opportunities as well. And I used to actually come down every summer and audit at Twin City Foods. Okay. Which my dad and my sister worked for Twin City Foods. I only worked there one day when I turned 16. It was the last day of corn season. They put me on the corn belt and I threw corn cobs and... Yeah, so one day was just enough. $28 later, I decided that was not going to be what I was going to do for my future. Uh, So anyway, but then as I moved into the accounting firm, I actually would come down and spend two to three months with the accountants and we would audit their books. So I got to, not only did I have, you know, family, lots of families, cousins and stuff that work for Twin City Foods, but also I got to then work in the office and meet a lot of, you know, the nice uh, women and men that worked in there as well. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So with, with Twin City, how was that? Um, I mean, you worked there for one day, but then like knowing it as a company and stuff like that, uh, I was just talking to one of my friends that I grew up with and I was like, I don't remember a lot about Twin, like it, obviously you pass Twin City every single day, but sure. like it wasn't. It doesn't stand out to me other than, like, it's the biggest building in town. Well, so you're young. Yeah. <laughs> so, therefore, for us that are a little older, um, that was a staple. That yeah. was a main staple. That put a lot of, you know, uh, money in pockets and households. And it was, I guess, a way of life when I think about it. My dad was there for 34 years. Wow. And I remember going to work with him a couple days, and he'd put me out on the dock out in back. Um, of course, this might not have been OSHA compliant at that point. However, um, <laughs> I would be out there fishing off the little dock and bring home fish to my cat back in the day. Uh, but it was our life. I mean, that's yeah. just, you had your pea season, you had your corn season. And so, it, yeah, I mean, that's what sustained our family for 34 years. Yeah. Definitely. And That's really cool. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I, I when I think of Stanwood, I think of Twin City Foods. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to hear that the plant is not going to sit vacant. I know right? it's been used for uh, some other means and Little so forth. Things. But it'll be nice to see that it actually, I feel like it's going to bring more, you know, into the town as a whole too. Yeah. Well, and I was, yeah, that was another thing of looking at just the, the new company that's coming in there. Um, they're, I don't remember their name, but they're a, a non, no meat or no something. Meat yeah, company. Something. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's, it's really cool that yeah. they're, they're doing that. I know whenever there's big change like that, there's always the concern of things like, well, how's traffic going to flow at that sure. light and how's yep. this, you know, but, um, but overall the fact that you can, you know, some of these people that are, are able to get like a living wage job. Mm-hmm in town right. is, is really cool that there's, right. there's more options there. Right. Yeah, traffic could be a problem, but I guess we'll cross that bridge or maybe cross that <laughs> bridge when we get there. We'll stop crossing the bridge. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's really cool. And I, I like, um, you know, I we now live in Mount Vernon, actually. So like okay. um, for Twin City, 
uh, when I hear about stories of, you know, the, especially the high schoolers, right, that used sure. to oh, yeah. show up at whatever time in the morning and go out to the fields and, uh, or drive the combines. Oh, yeah. All those. Um, and I was, I was talking to some people from Skagit, and um, uh, he was talking about how um, him and a group of high school friends, um, they now have a venture capitalist group in Skagit, but they call it the spinach bus because they're like, we all got to know each other showing up at four in the morning, riding the spinach bus <laughs> totally. to go pick that. food, you know, and the, for the farmers. I love that. I think that's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's really cool. Like just that, you know, and you learn a lot of lessons in that. You learn oh, uh, yeah. one, working up, waking up at ridiculous hours and uh, working Accountability. hard. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Um, so yes. I think it's really cool the to finally have something back there that's active and, yeah. and working for that. I totally agree. So. I think it'll be great. I'm excited that I think, yeah, it might drive more traffic to the local businesses for sure. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the time span is on that. So Yeah. Well, and Stanwood keeps growing. I mean, Stanwood. It's, it's, it's so much bigger than what it was when yeah. I grew up here. It was a little town. Right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. and we grew up, you know, we moved here in 95. And Sandwood was still significantly smaller than it is right, now. Right, um, And, of course, Kameno didn't have a single light on it when we moved no. up here. And so Kameno's <laughs> no. grown quite a bit, but Sandwood just keeps growing yeah. and adding more and doing more. And, I, you know, we were just up there by the, all the condos that they have built up there by the movie theater, um, which is the only movie theater between, like, Bellingham and Marysville now. I know. Which is, is crazy. so crazy. Yes. Yeah. That is very crazy. I, that is right, because Burlington is no longer it just there. Closed. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they did a fire inspection, like a routine one. They realized that they weren't in code, and to fix that <laughs> was going to be worth more than the theater was. So they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll be done. That's sad. So Those were good old times. Yep. <clears throat> so, um, okay. So, so then you were working as a, a paralegal or paraprofessional with the accounting office. Mm-hmm. What kind of prompted you to change from that? I had been there for quite a while, and one of my friends had gone to work at um, a software development company that was starting up in Anacortes, and she had been there for about six months, and I, in the meantime, had decided to go to travel school. Okay. So I was doing travel school at night in Linwood while working tax season because I wanted to be a travel agent. Now, this is right about the same time where everything went online, so... I never really was a travel agent, (laughs) but I like to think that uh, some of the concierge things that I learned during school, just that customer service base, the need to be thorough, um, all kind of has still really stuck with me. So anyway, I did get to use it when I moved to the uh, software company because I had to assist as an admin assistant. Um, all the software engineers because we would fly them all over the states and even to some other countries. So really? I, in essence, became an internal travel agent okay. with booking all of their flights and everything. Nice. So I did get to put it into <laughs> some action, but just not in the mode that I really wanted it for the travel benefits. <laughs> but it paid off for about one year to get those free travel benefits. But yeah, that's kind of a thing of the past. Yeah. So I did that for a couple years and then another software company kind of came and wanted me to join them. So I did that and then took a six month break, just kind of wondering what I'm going to do for the future. And so I 
thought, you know, I'm, there was an opening at a vet clinic in Burlington, and I decided to apply, and then now here's 22 years later. So wow. over that span of time, I've managed five different practices in the region. So okay. right now, just, you know, there's just three. So I'm going to reduce my hours so that I can really focus more on the picnic pantries. So I'm just kind of through this transition phase right now. Um, I love my three teams, so it's really hard to give that up. Yeah. It's really, really hard. Um, and it tears at my heartstrings, but I know that the picnic pantry is my end-all, be-all. Yeah. So I really think that's a really great way to... I'm a workaholic. <laughs> I can't <laughs> figure that out. So I think, you know, really putting the energy into that and having something... You know, just really look forward to. I love to brainstorm new ideas and things. So that's what I'm really, you know, really can't wait to have the time to spend, you know, doing so. So, yeah. so right now there's a couple other girls working at the pantry. So on the days that I'm not there, I'm usually there at least three days a week. Um, you know, they're covering the other days. But yeah. I, you know, it's just, again, it's really hard to leave something that you know so well for, you know, after all these years. Yeah. But the industry's changed a lot. And I think that was one of the things that, you know, really uh, continued that aspiration of doing something a little different was just, you know, it's getting harder and harder um, to manage and just to find the staffing for yeah. veterinary practices. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's really a full-time job. And so I've been mentoring and teaching a couple other managers to kind of fill in my shoes. And so, so we're on the right path. Yeah. So that's awesome. It's a win-win for them as well, that they're having opportunities to grow and, and sometimes fresh energy is a good thing. Right. Very cool. Yeah. Do you, um, when you were working with the, the software companies, Mm -hmm. what type of, uh, were they like, groundbreaking I, I don't know if that's the right word but like were they like new software types of things or were they like improvements to old types of software no it was um it started out it was sun systems and then it was shs.com and it was creating like ansel it was taking all facets <laughs> of say a uh, nursing home and all the facets that it would take to run that nursing home from uh, the perspective of you have a pharmacy, you have the ancillary needs, you might have a grooming salon, you have your nurses, yeah. you have all the doctors, like everything. So they were building a software program to manage uh, nursing homes and retirement centers. And it became very successful. And it was fun to be part of something that was brand new. Lots of great celebrations along the way yeah. when version one came out, you know, or you get, <laughs> you know, it was, it was quite, it was fun. But it, when I started, I think I was number 49 hired. And when I left, it was like 153 people. And wow. I became the office manager. Yeah. So I was taking care. I like to call myself the mom because I was kind of taking care of everybody. Um, and it was really, really rewarding. It was, it was definitely a... Uh, you know, opportunity to kind of dive into human resources a bit. And so that, you know, so I, I guess when I think about where I'm at now in my life with all these things that have impacted me, I feel like it's kind of well-versed that I've had a lot of great, again, opportunities to just grow in the positions that I stepped into. Yeah. Well, and what you're, you know, the, when you've gone through all of these different things, I'm like, man, you hit like, 
you did take business school. You just did it the long way around. Exactly. But like, like Thanks you know, for recognizing that. <laughs> but like when you're when you're talking to business owners, especially uh, newer ones or um, kind of the the ideal ideal ones, a lot of times they don't understand finances as well. And you had years of practice and working in and out of businesses. So like again, like when you walk into like picnic pantry when you're joining into that conversation, you know exactly what you're looking for in a, in a P&L and all these different things. Exactly. Um, so that, it's just really cool. And then, and of course, you have all the customer service training and things that you did for the travel agency and the other thing. Right. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I'm very thankful, again, for those opportunities because when, you know, first meeting with Tracy to, you know, um, after signing an NDA, you know, it was easy to look at the numbers and uh, know, you know, what it is and, and with lots of thoughts and ideas to even grow it. So yeah. definitely it was, it, it, it's kind of nice because I can save money. I don't have to hire somebody to like really look at things. And, right. You know, like, yeah, you better, you better not do, go down that road or you better go down that road. But my, my thing is, is that, you know, there's risk in any venture that you take. Absolutely. However, I... It, there's there's no there is not an option to fail right so it will succeed and um, I, there's no fear I think that was the other thing that was so interesting about this is normally you think you would have some fear like should I do this should I not do this like am I crazy <laughs> like like is it gonna lose money you know all those types of things and again it just felt so right and and again, I'm pretty stubborn. It's probably the Norwegian in me, as my dad would say. Um, and so I, you know, there's no, there's no failing to, to be had. So it will, it will be something that will continue to uh, transpire a little bit in time. Um, and just for me, it's really back to that kind of community. I want to, I've been having so much fun meeting so many wonderful people of all ages and it was really fun too when I you know when I left Stanwood in seventh grade yeah I lost contact with almost all my friends down here because I wasn't at that age that I could drive right I there was no yeah, cell phones exactly. or Facebook no, yeah, there or was yeah nothing so and I remember having my old neighbors purchase the yearbook for for my high school when they graduated you know because I wanted to see what everybody looked like their senior year and Anyway, but I was had somebody come in the store the other day, and we found out that, you know, after just spending a little time talking, I think that's it. It's just engaging with your customer on the other side of the counter or or, or being around the counter and just being engaging. And, and so it's fun what I've learned and how many people either tie back to me in some fashion, you know, school, family, Twin City the island you know it's just it's 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 so much fun it, in fact the first two weeks I lost my voice because I talked too much <laughs> I think everybody thought I was sick with COVID and I was like no seriously I no COVID <laughs> yes yeah so when you when you've looked at um because you've kind of had all of this experience leading up to owning a business stepping into that role and stepping into a business owner role what have been the biggest things that um you know, it's always different when you're in the driver's seat. You, mm-hmm. you see these things, you see what other people do. And especially if you're on the finance side, you're like, ah, that's probably not the wisest business decision. But what are the things that you have felt um, have been the most important pieces as you've stepped into this role? 
I think, you know, one thing that really has resonated just, I mean, it's only been since February 1st, um, is one that I do have control, that this is my business and I'm, I'm making the decisions. So if we do have a, a slip back or something or, you know, that's on me is how I yeah. look at it. Yes. I also, uh, since I'm not there every single day, I, it does, you know, I, I'm just, there's this desire that I, or this need, I guess, that I just really have to be there to know, you know, like, and I'm not a control freak. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, this is my baby now. And so, you know, with my staff, we're going to work closely together. And so that their philosophy in, you know, working in, you know, in the business is the same as mine because I yeah. need to make sure that they're the same face of the representation of what I am. Yes. I, so if I'm not there, I still want the customer to get the same piece of um, service that I would hope I would give. And I'm not saying they're not doing a good job. I just have really high expectations. Yeah. I do in any field that I've worked where I've managed staff. It's, it's the same. So I just want to make sure that, you know, as we're transitioning together and, and starting you know, anew, um, that again, we're all on the same page and that the customer never gets a mixed signal. Yeah. I guess it's, it's huge. Yeah. So how do you go about doing that? Cause I think that's something as a business owner, all of us struggle with. It's yeah. like, if you're talking to the owner, like if you go to a little store or you go to a restaurant and you, you somehow start talking with the owner, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. what, before they say something, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, of course, technology, email, all that good stuff. But the old-fashioned little notebook sits on the counter there. So whoever's working, it's a little diary of the day. And so it's like, you know, Mrs. Smith's going to come in at 3 o'clock tomorrow. Be prepared. Or got these new items in if you want to market. Like, just really this dialogue that uh, you go back and everyone's responsible for going back and catching up let's say they hadn't worked for three days, then they have to go back, you know, back in the week earlier to read through it. So that journal, I think, good old-fashioned paper is just something that we're, we're using. And then um, we will have staff dinners, and we just did a wine tasting with Tracy on Monday oh, night. Nice. That brings people together really well. Very nice, yeah. <laughs> so that was fun, not only just um, from, you know, that's such a really bad part of the job. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, it's wonderful to, you know, gain her knowledge and do all that. But it did. It brings that little bit of camaraderie together. Even though we're a small group, there's only three of us, you yeah. know. So, But it brings us together, and it gives me the opportunity to say, hey, you know, let's try this going forward. Or I want you to make sure you stick this in every bag when they leave. Or, you know, it just really setting my expectations. So yeah. I just know that I have to do that in person because, yeah, the journal helps get through the days. But I need to do it in person. And that's yeah. the connection that I'll build with my team. That's great. Yeah. What is, um, this is actually something that came up in a, in a course I'm going through right now. But in, in, what are things that to you, whether it's, it's experiences you've had at other retail stores or restaurants um, or things that you've learned along the way, what are things that make excellent customer service? Not just good, not just meeting expectations. First of all, listening to your customer. So I don't care if you're in the professional services side or if you were on the retail side. You know, if there's a need or a desire or a helpfulness that you can provide, I, you know, it's really going to be driven by the customer and you have to play into that. 
and want to play into it. So it's not necessarily, it's not a game. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you have to read your customer and you have to be helpful. And I think that's where, you know, in honesty, if you don't know, you don't know, but you just say you'll get the answer and make sure that you follow up. So when you make a promise, you follow up as well. Yeah. So those, those are things I've kind of always lived by. Um, even with dealing with difficult clients, normally they just, they need to express themselves and then you do the best to rectify the situation. And sometimes you can't. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just can't please, you know, everyone. But at the same time, you know, being true to yourself that you've done your absolute best yeah. is so, I, yeah, so I don't care if it's at a restaurant or whatever. If, if, if my food comes out cold, it comes out cold, but then just make it right. I, there's no, to me, there's not a reason as an individual to get upset with that, but I know that happens. So on the server's end, they have to deal with it, and it's not always fun and pleasing. But at the same time, I like to look at it as a game. Yeah. And so if I can win the game my competitive nature again <laughs> by diffusing maybe a conversation with a difficult client or customer. Yeah. So, but luckily at the picnic pantry, we don't have any of those. So yeah. we're doing great. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. So you've mentioned a few different times. Um, you're, as you kind of continue to learn where it is at and where it's come from. And as you kind of look towards the future, you're, you're looking at different things. Are any of those things that you're able to share? Like no. things? No. Okay. <laughs> Um, so there's some things definitely that I do want to look into a little bit more, you know, with the, uh, wine, you know, I have people wanting to do wine tastings. They're wanting, you know, Tracy used to have a great little setting up front, like a little mini restaurant. People are continually asking me to bring that back. Yeah. So a lot of that has to do with permitting and so forth. Um, I personally don't have interest in running, say, a restaurant or doing like Tracy did with her charcuterie boards and the flatbread pizzas, those sorts of things. If somebody else wanted to come in and run that, I would be open to entertaining that idea as long as that doesn't mess with my with the liquor control board. Yeah. Because I have a, a commercial kitchen in the back that's sitting there and it's not being used. So I... For me, I have to take up that square footage, and I need to figure out how to use that and turn that into profit. Yeah. So I have some ideas whether, you know, we're just using the kitchen as a kitchen um, for another purpose, maybe outside of the picnic pantry, yeah. or if someone else was interested in maybe going down that line. But I know Tracy had said that it was really hard running the gift shop and the restaurant because she was doing it lots of times by herself. So yeah. it's just, and I just, I'm just not the waitress. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, so that's one thing that I'm toying with to me. That would be f- for fall. We're going to do poetry readings. I have a local, um, author that wants to do that. And she asked and I'm like, absolutely. So let's do, you know, let's do that on occasion. I have the makers that are out there, um, you know, some of the artists, the makers that have their goods in there. They, I've been working with them to do their individual bios and so forth. And then we're going to do a maker's day. Um, and then, yeah, there's lots of just some really great ideas. And yeah. so I like to hold them close until yeah, I, absolutely. I, I'm one of these people that I, it has to feel perfect and right before I even, yeah. you know, put it out there. So yes. I'm kind of holding my clo- clo- or cards a little close. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and one of the things that we found, um, you know, my dad and I had different styles of, of when we would do things. And my dad would always put it out. He thought out loud through words and through expression and through talking. Mm-hmm. So he would always talk to his customers and say, oh, yeah, we're going to start doing this, this and this. 
And then along the way, he would find out, oh, you can't do this because of this, or you shouldn't do this because of this. And so he wouldn't do it. And then some people, some people are, you know, like, oh, well, that just didn't end up working. But this ended up, something new came up. Some people take it to heart and they're like, well, exactly. he doesn't keep his word because he doesn't right. do this. And I'm like, no, he just thinks out loud. Right. So I, right. I tend to be more like you and I kind of yeah. like, I work through stuff internally before. And then when I'm like 90% sure I've got it, that's when I'll start talking to people and being like, okay, this exactly. is what we're thinking. And what do you think? Right. Yeah. Cause I want, you know, it's, it's whether it's in a vet clinic or whether it's using the customers, <clears throat> like what is it that they want? What is it that they need? So listening to that and then adapting some of these ideas you have around that to make sure that it comes to fruition. And I love project management. So for me to, to take an idea and then see it all the way through, um, is like, that's, I guess if I'm, you know, grading myself, that makes me feel really good when I, when I actually succeed at at that. But yeah, I don't want to toss something out there and then someone holds you accountable (laughs) for it. And I'm like, Oh, sorry, that was last week's idea. No, not going to go there. So I, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and, and what you mentioned too, something that I think, um, I think you get this a lot when you step from being a doer within a business. So whether you're a, you know, I've talked to programmers, engineers, um, retail baristas, uh, different people when you move from a doer to a manager and then even more so when you move from a manager to a business owner, you no longer get to ever check a box. Mm-hmm. You, you're always, everything's either like half checked or not started or like in process, but you're waiting for this thing. And so it's one of those things you have to get used to and get, you know, I don't know, be able to actually handle that, like that you don't get to hand, put a bow on something and hand it over and be like, good, that's done. Don't need to think about that unless you create your own little checkpoints along the way. Right. No, I'm, well, I'm a list person for sure. My new favorite uh, tool, because I like paper, but I switched to a rocket notebook. Yeah. Those things are amazing. So, <laughs> but I, I number them and that's a mistake because I'm like up to 143 or something like that. And I'm like, I know I can go back and erase out of the rocket notebook, but darn, that 143 is still there. And then I'll add 144. And I'm like, gosh, I got so many things I want to do. So, <laughs> so that's my ideas. That's my task list. Those are things I need to share, you know, and I just try to keep things really organized. And um, I just then prioritize, you know, what, what can I do first and foremost? What's most important? Yep. Deadlines, anything like that. But <clears throat> I, I don't want to lose sight of them because I think my brain is kind of functioning <laughs> all the time with all these great ideas. And so just trying to collect them in a spot and then at some point gather them and, and then make that plan and then go forth. So, yeah. Well, and I, I do a lot. I use, um, I grew up in the technology age, so yeah. I use Evernote and, um, but then I use like, I've been trying to learn to use, uh, one of those, like it's, it's not Monday, but that ty- Asana, that's what it's called. Okay. Uh, like a project management software, uh, that's online and it's, you're able to plug stuff in. And I yeah. find depending on what the thing is, I either want to put it in Evernote or it's an Asana thing or it sometimes it's just a sticky note um, or like it ends up being like five different places that I could put it depending on what type of information it is. I'm that way as well. So I wish I would have invented the post-it notes. I probably would be really, really rich right now and maybe not sitting here, uh, even though I'm enjoying my time. Um, but no, I do that because I use OneNote a lot because yep. again, managing different practices. I try to keep things or, you know, those that report to me kind of keeping their own to-do list. And yep. then I don't, it doesn't get erased until it's completed. So everything stays on my 
on my task list, even once I've delegated it. So now as a, as a owner <laughs> um, and less people to delegate to, <laughs> yeah. you know, because they're busy at the storefront. So, yeah, I'm trying got to get into my groove here. But again, just I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, I got to go write that down. I got to write that down. And I'm, I'm like, someday maybe it'll, you know, shh, dissipate. <laughs> but I don't know. I like to hope there's a lot of great ideas to you know, to come, come forward. Yes. Well, and I, um, I think that's the, the fun thing you also mentioned is when you're a business owner, you, the whole, you can do whatever you want. It's like when you write your own book, you're like, Oh, the characters could do whatever I want them to do because you're able to do mm-hmm. that. And I also love that you hit on a thing. That's one of my biggest things is, is ownership. Um, when something goes wrong at the store, that falls to the owner. Absolutely. Um, and, and I try and instill that within my management team. Uh, and, and try and distill that down the chain because the thing that we need to all, I feel like, continually remind ourselves is that we can only control ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can only control our emotions, how we react to the situation. We have very little control in the world. The only thing we have control of is ourselves. Right. And that controls how we interact with a really bad situation, a right. difficult customer, a mistake that was made. Right. Um, and if you, we don't take that ownership, we also lose that control because right. we're saying well, I have no control over that, so I can't change it. Right. Well, and I think those, to me, are just learning moments. You know, that's how I've always looked at certain things is, you know, with staff and managing. Like, just take every opportunity you can and turn it into a, a teaching moment. So whether, even if it, everything goes perfect, you sing those graces because they're well-deserved. Yeah. And that just is another teaching moment to others in the environment, you know, in the vicinity or in the environment, right? That's going to hopefully continue to pass that down. Yeah. So even, you know, with COVID, you know, it was really difficult, you know, at times for, you know, a lot of staff members to stay positive. And we just, at, at one of the practices, we just, again, use the, you know, the, you know, what are we going to kind of lemonade are we going to make out of the lemons? And so yeah. we really focused on that. So I think, yeah, I think it's really important um, as I've always, whenever I've managed, I've always in essence felt I was an owner, um, even though I wasn't on paper. So I always did take it to heart. And so I think, you know, that's going to definitely help me in this new uh, situation I'm in. Situation is probably not the right word. It was a chosen (laughs) opportunity. opportunity. Yeah, Yeah, not situation. It's a great thing. Um, But I've always done that. Like I, I I just, I, I I guess that's the mom in me. I just want to grow people. I just want to, you know, do the best I can. And any of my um, things that I've learned the hard way, or maybe the easy way at times, you know, like again, what can I do to to pass it? pass it down and again as an owner if I don't express my expectations and if I don't follow up with them then that is again just like you said it's on me yeah I I know what I want and I just need to you know communication yes absolutely one of the uh the books I just read which I think anyone that has is in the retail world should read the book it's called uh when fish fly uh and it's about the story of pike place pike's place market and how it became what it is um that I have read that actually a while ago, and it is, uh, it's been a while now. I would like to probably dig that back out because yeah. that was very interesting. We actually even had somebody come and do a uh, continuing ed for the staff one time, oh, and nice. it was fun just because, you know, they were throwing the fish around and putting them on the spot and just talking about that camaraderie 
and how, you know, one little spark can really just, you know, move forward through something that's really quite amazing. Yeah. And I loved it. And I thought it was so good. He breaks down, um, like, I feel like so many of those could be like books in themselves, but at least from an overview point, you read through it and he's like, this is the customer service. This is the team building. This Mm -hmm. is the, and one of the little pieces I took out of that that I thought was so good is, um, he talks about, uh, what story are you telling yourself? And I've actually, over the last few weeks, I've actually been using this on myself when I hit a point of frustration or things like that. And I'm like, wait, stop. What story am I telling myself? Mm -hmm. Why am I frustrated about this situation? Mm -hmm. And it's been interesting. Not all, every time. I think it's a, a practice, a practice thing, but there's been times where I've completely unraveled it and been like, oh, it's not that big of a thing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not upset anymore because I'm like, they didn't try and upset me or they didn't try and intentional. Yeah. They weren't trying to be rude or whatever it is. It's like, how do we, what story are you telling yourself (laughs) that's making you feel the way you are right now? Absolutely. I also, I kind of, one of my sayings is, you know, walk in the client or the customer's shoes. Like you don't know what's going on in their world. Maybe they are grumpy today. Maybe they're, you know, who knows what what just happened, um, you know, what, what happened in their world, illness, what, you know, we, we, don't, we don't know. We don't yeah. know what others are facing. So for me, you, you treat everybody again with respect. And if they just maybe aren't their normal selves or if, even if it's that first time you're meeting somebody and they just, maybe they're coming across as rude, maybe, maybe there's something else going on. So I think it's the same sort of thing as what you were just saying. Like maybe it's not really that big of a deal or that bad once you kind of start piecing it out and yep. looking at, at the factors of how the situation arrived or so right. forth. So. Well, and I love that, um, you know, not, not that everyone gets the benefit of being in the type of businesses that we're in, but we, we are in the businesses that people choose to come to because they want to, not because they have to. Exactly. And so we get that opportunity. They consciously went out of their way to stop in. Right. And so... Our goal and mission is to bring as much, well, for us, it's our bring joy to the Kamehameha community. Right. But bring joy to that customer and help give that customer a great time mm-hmm. because they went out of their way to stop in. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, we know that they did it intentionally. It wasn't an accident and it wasn't because they had right. to. Um, right. And, yeah, we don't know what they're going yeah. through. Well, and even just like with cost and, and so forth, you know, prices have raised on everything wherever we go right so i know that you know a lot of pocketbooks are are pinched so again it 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 goes beyond um maybe an item they're buying whether that's food or a gift or whatever it is um you know they you've got to give them the whole package i guess for me it's the experience yeah so and i've i sound feel like i'm you know, these are things that I've just lived by forever. So it's part of the experience. So I don't care what, again, industry you're in. It's, is it inviting? Is it welcoming? Is it heartfelt? Is it thorough? Is it, you know, so did they get their money's worth? Because that, going back to what you had said earlier too, I mean, that's my expectation when I go out and eat or if yeah. I go buy something, I just, and I don't think I'm asking for too much because it should come natural. Yeah. You know, and if customer service isn't your thing, then maybe you shouldn't be doing customer service. Yeah. So, because um, it can be challenging. Yeah. But I, I would say 95 99% of the time, it's amazing. You yeah. know, you just, there's so many wonderful things out there to learn from others. And it just, yeah. Every night I go home thinking about the wonderful people I met today. And, 
and who's related to who and what's going on in the neighborhood and you know certainly getting to know my neighbors you know in town a little bit as well so yeah 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 and I, I got to interview um Otto Luschel who's the manager up at Whole Foods up in Bellingham oh nice and he was fantastic and one of the things that I loved that stood out to me about him is that he loved the retail experience and he's like there's no other type of job that you get to interact with that many different types of people from all walks of life definitely um and make their day right um you know, and I'm like, so neat. I love that. Yeah, you I know. know, I love that too. And I, yeah, they're choosing to come into our environment, you know, into the store, into the shop. And um, if you don't, if that's not your gig, then it's probably never going to be either. Right. You know, maybe that self-thought process of going back and like, am I really in the right environment? So, because there have been times over the years that I have hired maybe a client service rep and they just... They're just not meant to be sitting at that front desk yep. helping someone. And so I, I, I don't, you know, like to fire people, but I feel like I'm helping them move on to something yes. that maybe they can enjoy themselves because they're not happy when they're, no. in that, you know, sitting in that environment either. Yeah. So, and it's coming across yes. <laughs> on all fronts. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, I like to end every podcast with some rapid-fire questions. All right. So the first one is, what purchase of $100 or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months? So just this week, <laughs> good old Amazon purchase of some shoes <laughs> because a customer came in the sh- into the store the other day, and she had on the kid's <laughs> shoes, so I asked her where she got them. And so she took my email and sent me the information. Nice. 60 bucks later, and they're really comfy. <laughs> Very cool. So that was a fun, just something really recent. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Um, who's an interesting or fascinating person that I should interview next? Oh, goodness. That is a great question. Um, I would like to see you interview someone from the veterinary field if you've not done that before. Okay. I think, um, you know, I have a couple doctors, former employer uh, that's retired that I think would be phenomenal to talk to because there's so much going on in that industry. Um, You know, it has a really high high suicide rate. There's so Mm. many things that people don't know and understand so when their vet bills go up or when the services are taking longer or they can't get in yeah which has been a really hard thing i think it would be really a great informational piece for your listeners yeah and um yeah i i think that would be someone you know someone that you should i think it would be really there's so many animal lovers out there right and i'm an animal lover so even when i'm done working in the vet clinics i'm still going to be an animal lover so i'll always be impacted by the vet industry so yeah i think that would be a good that's a great idea the um i had friends that were in college that went through veterinary school Mm -hmm. and that is i mean even when they talk to doctor friends stuff like that they like even doctor friends would be like yeah i think i think yours is harder than than what we go through. Yeah. Um, it's just it's varied. A, it's, it's, a, it's a really sad, it, it, it's really sad when you start digging into the depths of, of um, the emotional, uh, you know, the, the heart and soul is put into it. And it, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting as well. I mean, to when you start digging in a little bit, but it is something that we have to continually focus on all of our staff members because of the burnout. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, it, it, it is tough. But I think the more we can educate people yeah. in the world, we try to do that at the practice level. I try to do it when I'm just out and about, if I end up talking vet world with anybody. <laughs> so I think, it, yeah, it would be a good thing to share. Yeah. Awesome. All right. This is a fill in the blank question. It's, I know this is weird, but I've always wanted to blank. Oh, weird, huh? I was going to say own a business. Um, I always have. I mean, my Kool-Aid stands back at age six up on the hill here in Stanwood. They were pretty, pretty solid. Nice. Um, weird that I've always wanted to do. Oh, you got me on this one. That's all right. Uh, be able to hold a snake in no fear. <laughs> that sounds so <laughs> stupid. I am deathly afraid of snakes. If I could like just, that's weird. If I could just like, just hold it and not be so afraid, that'd be great. <laughs> yep. Yep. My, uh... Not that I want to, but I feel like I need to because I can't even like go out and garden. Then you see a snake. I got to go in the house the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> that's my interesting. My, uh, my dad has been deathly afraid of snakes. That's for where as I long got as I mine. can remember. Yep, that's where I got my fear from my dad. So he did a great job oh. of passing that one down. <laughs> well, me and my sister both didn't have a fear of snakes. I was proud that our kids do not have a fear of snakes. So that's, I feel like that was one thing I didn't continue on the family line there. Yeah. Tradition yeah. That's great. <laughs> that's a silly question. Yeah. I, I think the reason we didn't get, uh, weren't as afraid of snakes is because the reaction we could get from him if we ever showed him a snake. <laughs> so we would hold a snake and he, he would lose it. <laughs> it was worth it for that. I told my kids when they were little, I'm like, if you ever, <laughs> ever bring a snake here, you will not be a happy camper. No, you will not. Mm -mm. Mom will not. Yeah. Nice mom will go bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. All right. And lastly, what piece of advice would you give your 20-year-old self? I think to... Um, Head to college. Still want, I still think that's something I'll always regret. And uh, buy waterfront property. I, I, one thing I didn't mention earlier, but between the transition from Stanwood to Mount Vernon, we actually stayed, um, we, we used to spend summers out at Juniper Beach. Okay. And um, then the year that my parents built their home in Mount Vernon, uh, we got to live out there for an entire, it was almost almost two years. And okay. so we lived there all season, which was really neat. Different, completely different than summertime. Yeah. But um, so I, I've always been, I love water. I have to have a view. Um, when I go hiking, I ha there better be a really great lake at the end of that trail or a view of the islands or something. Like yeah. I just, um, uh, I just, I, I love the water. So I... I wish I would have bought property back in the day. <laughs> I bought it. I did buy a home when I was young, but I wish I would have bought waterfront property or a home on the, on the water. Yeah. So now it's just, you know, a little hard to come by. <laughs> Very but, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Awesome. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. Well, a big thank you to Tammy Shorno for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you haven't already, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us be found by other Islanders like yourself, like yourself, <laughs> like myself. Um, and yeah, don't forget to tell your friends about the greatest little podcast focused on Nano and the Northwest. That's all for today, folks. See you next time.